Professor Bryn Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash the vulnerable scientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. Hi everyone, welcome to the Vulnerable Scientist Podcast. This is your host, Saranya Kiri. This is a space where scientists who are willing to be vulnerable or are vulnerable can talk about the highs and lows in their career journey. How do you feel after having this conversation? I feel really a lot lighter today. <laughs> because it's, it's not often that I share a lot of the thoughts that I have in my head. That there is even, a, as you said, humanly side of scientists and they are not the nerds who are just working in the lab. So today I have a very special guest called Sarabjit. Can you introduce yourself? Okay, so hello everyone. I'm Sarabjit. I, d- I have been always fascinated by how life originated on Earth and the possibility of life elsewhere in the universe. So I did my PhD in computational chemistry. That is, I have been using all those computers for finding out how, how these biomolecules like nucleic acid and uh, proteins, how they may have formed early on Earth. So now I'm doing my postdoc in Belgium and I have switched from computational, that is from computers, to an experimental, like hands-on kind of lab experiments here. And uh, right now I'm working on nuclear bases and some of the minerals that are found on Earth. How did you get to where you are right now? Tell us about the journey. Uh, well, uh, my father, he was in army and my mother, she was a housewife. So uh, we traveled a lot, like after a year or two, we have to go to another place. So I didn't have much time to make friends. And during this time... Uh, I sort of found my friend in the books and in the stars. And uh, I started reading a lot about um, stars, galaxies, nebula, and of course, the life, the possibility of life there. And I also started watching a lot of Star Trek and all the sci-fi. So I, I got really fascinated about all these things. And I think uh, little by little, this developed my interest in this field, like, which is actually prebiotic chemistry, the region of life here and the extraterrestrial life and all that stuff. So uh, during the high school, I think I was hardworking and a sort of like teacher's pet. <laughs> mm. But yeah, so uh, fortunately, my teachers, they were very enthusiastic. They always encouraged me to follow our dreams and uh, our aspirations. And the college was a bit hard. Uh, I would not say I was the best student, but I was, I think, okay. So, uh, but yeah, I had my own graph of learning. And over time, I think I developed the concept that were needed to carry out the research that I'm doing right now. 
So uh, that made me think that uh, looking back, I used to be not very optimistic that I will be able to do something in the research field because I didn't have like really great test of grades. Because uh, I think the reason behind that is in our college, we had more like a traditional kind of setup. So mm-hmm. that actually focused more on rote learning. That is, you have to cram all that concepts. You have to uh, you have to cram all those answers and then write it down in the exam Mm. so yeah so uh I didn't fare very well so maybe that's a bit of a message for people out there who are not at the uh, top of the class but still are interested in doing research it is possible so Mm. uh just learn at your own pace and this is what I did from my high school to my college and keep believing in in your dreams I knew that I wanted to do something related to astro, astrobiology, astronomy, prebiotic chemistry, mm. but I didn't have the right guide to tell me what subjects or what uh, line of course or what, what courses do I have to follow. Mm. So, uh, I mean, during my college, first I chose biophysics and then someone told me, no, biophysics is not good for you. You should go for pure sciences like chemistry or physics. Mm. So then I went for chemistry. But I I think in all this commotion, I was trying to find my way. And there was a lot of confusion at that time. Like, how do I, how do I end up like doing research in this field? How do I contribute in this field? Mm. And I'm from India. And in India, basically, if you want to do something as astronomy, you're supposed to be either from physics background or mathematics background. Mm-hmm. Or you should be an engineer. But uh, no one told me at that particular time that it is possible to do something in astronomy with your chemistry and even with your biology background. So Mm. that was a low point for me. And another low point for me was uh, in the beginning, my father was not very supportive. So he as any other father in a middle class family in India, he wanted me to settle down and have a really stable job and a stable career where I can earn well and I'm settled for life. So, and he thought that maybe uh, being a researcher is not a stable job and you have to contribute a lot of years in building your career. But eventually I think he understood that this is what I really want to do in my life. This is my dream. And he became really supportive of me. <laughs> hmm, interesting. What yeah. other law have you experienced uh, to get where you are? Uh, well, I think um, it was more like I, I was not uh, I was not the kind of person that is more suitable for traditional kind of minds, uh, kind of environment. <laughs> so since I've encountered a traditional kind of teachings and learning in college. Hmm. So I was not able to, I think, flourish as much as I could, would have been in another uh, untraditional kind of environment where they focus more on the learning of the concepts and they let a person to grow at, your, at their own rate rather than having a fixed timetable, having a fixed schedule. Hmm. So... Uh, yeah, that was a bit of a struggling time for me. And then, of of course, the other thing that I found was um, finding a good job after PhD. 
So that is after finding a postdoc, in fact. And uh, I was applying at many places and maybe I was applying at the wrong places and that's why I didn't get selected. So I was getting like a little bit disappointed that every day I would apply two or three places and I would not get a really good answer. Or maybe the professor is interested to hire me, but he doesn't have the grant. He doesn't have the money. And uh, then there were some places at which I was writing some proposals with, with other professors, but the selection committee decided not to choose it. But eventually... I got the good good news from here, from this current project that is uh, that that is I'm doing in Belgium, mm. and I think it worked out. But yeah, I mean, I was in the last year of PhD, applying everywhere, not getting a good answer. That was really stressful time for me. Mm. Yeah, and another low I faced is after coming here. Now I was from a computational background. That is, I have been working all on the computers, programs, softwares, and here I have to get back into into the lab and start doing experiments. And you would believe it, I haven't done an experiment the last like seven or eight years. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, and they, and a lot was expected for me. So mm. I have to learn a lot of things in a very short period of time. What did you do for your uh, undergraduates? Uh, I, for the undergraduate, I was doing my bachelor's in chemistry. And for my master's, I did uh, my major in physical chemistry. Okay, so uh, what made you go into computational? Uh, I really liked working on computers with the softwares and all. And to be honest, uh, initially when I used to work with the chemicals, it used to scare me a bit <laughs> with all the danger signs and everything. Mm. So uh, it was interesting for me that there is another way of doing chemistry. That is, you're sitting and working on your laptop and you have all those fascinate, fascinating softwares installed and you can build a molecule. Just parallel to the one you're building in their lab, you can build a molecule on your computer mm. and then you can study it. So that was something really fascinating for me. So I thought that why not make a like a, a, a tiny lab in my own computer and a lab mm -hmm. where the molecules that may have led to the origin of life, those molecules yeah. can be built on the computer. Mm rather than going to the lab. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is a part of a research career that some that you have to go back to, to those parts of your career where maybe you're not very interested, but you, you need to learn them. Yeah. So for me, that was experimental, that I have to learn the experimental part of what I'm doing. Okay, someone might be listening to this and they don't have a background in you what you have studied or what you're currently doing can you give a snippet of what your projects were when you're doing your master's and your phd oh yeah sure uh for the masters i was working on radiation chemistry which is a part of physical chemistry uh, for this i try to see if you have a lot of cosmic radiations which is actually a kind of uh, high uh, energy protons and it's everywhere in the space. So if you have a spacesuit made of polymers, like P, uh, like PMMA, which is a very common polymer, 
So you have a helmet made of PMMA. So you want your astronaut to be protected from such kind of radiation. So what dosage or what dose or what amount of radiation can that helmet withstand in the space? So that, that was what I studied in my master's. And for the PhD, uh, since my major interest was in this pre, uh, the origin of life thing, so I decided to go for the nucleobases. The nucleobases, they are the constants of DNA, RNA. And you have like four nucleobases, adenine, guanine, uracil, cytosine. And then the DNA, you have thiamine in place of uracil. So I decided to study how these nucleobases may have formed first on Earth, like on the big, in the beginning of, of, of the planet Earth, how these nucleobases may have formed. So this is what I studied in my PhD. Now, in my, for my postdoc, an extension of what I did in my, in, in my, in my PhD, I'm trying to look at how these nucleobases may have protected over time. Because from the nucleobases, we, at the end, one would want to have a DNA and RNA because that's, this is how the life may have evolved. So uh, I'm trying to see how these nucleobases were able to stay on the surface of Earth for a long period of time such that these nucleobases are converted into DNA or RNA, that which is a part of our bodies today. <laughs> this is what I'm doing right now. And uh, in the future, I would like to explore more about this uh, like how these biomolecules like nucleobases may have formed on the surface of meteorites. Because one another theory is that maybe these nucleobases were brought from outside on the, on the surface of the meteorite on the planet Earth. So maybe meteorites were the delivery agents. So this is something I'm interested in exploring in near future. Actually, the work I'm doing is something that satisfies human curiosity because everyone wants to know where did we come from? Are we alone in the universe? The second thing is, uh, this is this is not just uh, about the human curiosity. The things that we are doing has also tremendous application in the medical field because nowadays you do not have DNA, RNA as the sole genetic material. You also have other genetic materials which have been made parallel to DNA and RNA. And those involve the modification of the constants of DNA and RNA. So the things, the way we are learning about the genetic material, like how the, it is formed and how it evolved over time, this may give us insight if we can form alternate genetic material. And in the, uh, in the pharmaceutical industries, this can be in fact used in the delivery of the drugs. Because if we know about, about bodies, how it is functioning, and if we know about the constants, then we can safely deliver a drug to a particular location without causing any harm to the DNA or the RNA. Uh, the other laws, beside the ones I discussed. Um, ah, yes. <clears throat> I think um, it's more about the support. Uh, that's uh, because the being having lows and highs, especially the lows, is something that you cannot avoid. Mm. But yeah, but having a faith in yourself, in your dreams, and having a supportive kind of environment. Because this is what I face. Like when I had a supportive environment, when my family was really supportive, when I have 
friends who were supportive, mm-hmm. I was able to grow more. I, mm-hmm. I was I had a more positive outlook towards everything. But those periods of time when uh, there were low and uh, there were lows and my family was not very supportive and I didn't have friends friends around. Yeah. Then it uh, it made made me you know uh, lose hope at certain periods of times that maybe mm-hmm. if uh, the things that I want to do in my future, maybe uh, the things I want to explore, I won't be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So uh, <clears throat> this is something I really want to tell like everyone listening to this. Um, mm-hmm. It's really good to have a supporting environment, but if you do not have a supportive environment, mm-hmm. ju- uh, just, just like I had, I didn't have supporting environment at all the periods of my time. Sometimes I had it, sometimes I didn't have it. So the times when you do not have a supportive environment, it's good to have your own, be your own support. I mean, inspire yourself and maybe, uh, maybe make yourself happy and be positive because many people, they told me sometimes that, oh, you're from the chemistry background. Maybe mm. you won't be able to do anything in astronomy and you won't believe it. Even mm. many professors, they said it. Wow. Yeah, and I and now I look back, I'm really shocked. I mean, that because that if if I go back, if if I can go back to that time, I can mm-hmm. I can tell my younger self. I would tell her that do not lose hope. I mean, there is always a way. I mean, if you yeah. want, if you ha- if if you want to do something in your life, there is always a way. No matter what anyone tells you, no matter how low the time is, no matter high, uh, how hard the situation is. There's always a way. What do you mean support yourself? Like if you don't have a support system, support ah. yourself. How? Uh, this is something I learned over time. Okay. So uh, as a child, I used to look for appreciation everywhere. So yeah. So uh, if I if I if discuss about my dream, so I mm-hmm. would I would in fact want the peop- the listener to support it. Okay. To be supportive of it, to be to appreciate it, but that is not that was not the case every time. Sometimes people will understand your dreams, your aspirations, and sometimes they will not, and that's mm-hmm. okay, because at that particular time, it is important to tell yourself that no matter what other person is thinking, you are capable. You are, you have all the potential to do what your whatever your heart desire. I think that is what I mean by being your own support. Mm. That if if there is no person, if there is no one to tell you that oh you can do it, it's best to tell yourself that oh, mm-hmm. I can do it. Yeah. Yes, because if a if, if a chemistry if a person from chemistry background with not the highest of grades can do a research and be selected in in one of the top university, then I think. Anybody can do it. Any anything. Yeah, it's just about being confident and having faith in yourself, and being your own support. Thank you, thank you for sharing that. Is um, despite these lows that you've experienced, I'm sure there are so many. I don't know highs that mm-hmm. good stuff mm-hmm. that brought good emotions and happiness in your life. And would you like to share that? Ah uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um. I think the highs mostly. Uh, now the highs, they, I don't know if it, it is the same for everyone. Mm. The highs in my life make sense because I had someone to share with them. 
to, mm-hmm. to share such uh, feelings, to share those accomplishments. So fortunately, before uh, before my family, my parents, when they were supportive of my ch- career choices, mm-hmm. I used to feel I I used to face lots of highs, but it was not the same fun. I mean, I would get really good grades, but uh, my father would tell me, "Oh, you should get into civil services because you have good grades." And that that high was not the same high. Then after a while, when my mm-hmm. father, my mother, they understood that okay, she she is someone who can do really good in research, and she and it's her dream. So then, when I got uh, did, then I published really good papers. Mm-hmm. Then my father was really happy, and I think at that particular time, my high the the feeling the the feeling good factor of my high it, it doubled. And then, mm-hmm. fortunately, I got the best partner, who is always my husband. He's always supporting me, and he's always in my all the highs. When I got selected for postdoc here, he supported, and he decided to quit his job just to mm-hmm. support me, just wow. let me have my career. And that's really like big thing. <laughs> so that was mm-hmm. a high for me because someone was going, you know, uh, beyond his or her beyond his. limit uh, beyond his boundaries yeah. for me yeah so that was a big high for me and then of course my in-laws now after uh, having a really good parents who are supportive mm-hmm. my in-laws they are really supportive and in india i mean generally uh, the in-laws the uh, they are more in favor of having a uh, daughter-in-law who is not working and if she is working oh. she is yeah she if she is working uh, they are not really supportive of the career i mean their main focus is on the career of their son yeah but my in-laws they decided to support me and nonetheless and let me catch my dreams <laughs> i mean that was actually a big high for me <laughs> wow yeah oh. i mean uh, I'm really fortunate in this case like even my mother-in-law father-in-law if I have a really big interview or if I have a big meeting mm-hmm. they'll call me up and they'll uh wish me luck and pray for me sometimes and mm. that's a very fortunate thing for me <laughs> so that's yeah. that every times gives me high <laughs> yeah that's a big thing and I, th- I think it's important to talk about that having that um people surrounding you who yes. are very supportive of what you want and what you're working for Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. that's that's right but even if, even if you do not have it i mean even mm-hmm. if because as i told you when i yeah. was growing up i didn't have a really supportive environment yeah. so also it's there is possibility the yeah it's not mm-hmm. always the case i mean maybe later in life you will have a really supportive environment you don't know yeah hmm. okay is there any other high that you like to talk about uh Well, the other highs. Well, I'm looking forward to. In the uh, there might be other highs in the future, mm. and about those, I'm really excited about. <laughs> yeah, I love. I love that you said that. Like you're looking forward to more good things coming your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. So uh, another thing I would like to share is, um, for me, having a research career. was mm. something i have been dreaming for the last like how many years 12 or 13 years or something mm. 
Yeah, because uh, I was, I think, 14, 14 or 15 when I decided to be a scientist. <laughs> and so, wow. uh, yeah, so, but I think it should, once you have that, once you have achieved that, once you have become mm-hmm. a scientist or whatever mm-hmm. you have aimed for, it's yeah. important to have set another ambition for yourself. Yeah, something we, to look you will, forward to again. Yes, or you mm-hmm. will stop growing. Yeah, very true. Hmm. Yeah, so that's what I'm doing right now, making more ambitions for myself mm-hmm. for the near future and then probably growing in that course of achieving them. Do you have any hobbies that you do apart from your um, career? Uh, yes, uh, hmm. I really write, I really uh, like watching Fiction movies, <laughs> mm-hmm. reading fiction books, and then traveling, of course, Tra- uh, traveling to like new places, meeting new mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And besides that, I love cooking. So, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. there is there are many, many times you will find me in the kitchen cooking something new. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and besides that, I also like uh, spending time with the kids, with mm-hmm. elder people, and meditating. Is there anything that you'd like to add? For the people who are aspiring to become anything in their life, it's not just about being a scientist, whether they want to become a pilot or whether they want to become an artist. I think it's important to believe in yourself, in your mm-hmm. abilities. I mean, mm-hmm. at right now, maybe you will feel that you might not be enough. But who knows, you will grow into someone you have never dreamed. And you will be more than enough. And during this journey, it's also important to have a balance because sometimes I got overboard. I mean, I worked so hard, had no fun. And mm-hmm. at other times, I had all the fun and no work. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Yeah. How so, is that? Having all the fun and no work? Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say that after I got married, so mm-hmm. I didn't have like a lot of work. <laughs> I only had fun. Yeah, I took a break, but that's that's even okay. But for yeah, the long yeah. term, it's good to have a balance. I mean, yeah. do not overwork. Just mm-hmm. have some time to yourself and enjoy small things in your life. How do you feel about, after having this conversation? Uh, well, first, thank you, Sarah, for inviting me, and mm-hmm. I feel really a lot lighter today. <laughs> Mm. because because it's it's not often that i share a lot of the thoughts that i have in my head yeah so uh, i just hope that the experiences that i've shared today and the thoughts that i've shared today they are of use to someone and mm. maybe inspire someone to go on get on with your dreams with your life and i will be really uh i i would be really uh, happy if people will understand that there is even, a, as you said, humanly side of scientists and mm. they are not the nerds who are just working in the lab. Maybe yeah. they are also um, people with interests that are similar to yours. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thanks. Thanks for saying that. Um, why did you say yes to coming to the podcast? Sorry? Why did, why did you say yes? Okay. Uh, mm. Yes. 
I think it would be great opportunity to talk mm. about our experiences. Like, and I was also listening to other postcard podcasts. Uh, uh, sorry, other episodes of this board podcast, and mm. it was really, you know, a warm feeling to know that people have gone, people have uh, similar stories, yeah, and they were able to uh, surpass all the challenges that they faced, and they were mm. able to achieve their dreams. and so i thought that maybe i would also like to share my story so i i'm just i'm just in a hope that maybe someone who's listening hmm. i might contribute a bit yeah in inspiring or maybe uh, shedding a positive side to all those things they are facing everyday life in in, in their everyday life i love it that you talked about uh, you not uh, you know really performing in your earlier years and being able to get into to this people's perceive like chemistry is something very hard and able to nail it through and even convert to you know using computational skills to do still chemistry and now you're in a space where you're back to the experimental science and you've been worried about it not being as easy for you but you know can always do it at the end of it and also sharing the need for you if you don't have a support system because you know people say have a support system have a support system but mm. if you don't have that support system what do you do and I, i'm like i like that you said that that what you said about you know have be your own support if it's it's they're not there be your own support system and i love that you shared um they did um you know to have people finally this support system that normally the traditional society especially where you come from where they wouldn't support your career as a woman but now they do because um they they're just good people out out here it's good, it's good to see that through you and also i love that you mentioned um the how hard it was for you to um get a position uh even after completing your phd you know people think as more the further you advance education the more opportunities that you have but at least mm-hmm. you showing the side where sometimes it's not that easy and doesn't mean that you're not good enough it's just that there are no opportunities as much for every single person so mm-hmm. i would like you to say something um about someone who's going through the same thing maybe you've gone through um what you what what are your last words to them uh well keep trying do not mm-hmm. lose hope <laughs> i mean if you're talking about uh someone who is applying for a new job or new position or someone who is thinking of switching a career or that is that is actually synonym to going into unknown because for me going into unknown was leaving the leaving my phd and applying for postdoc and going somewhere and starting a postdoc so i think my uh, message for them is keep trying hmm. and do not lose hope and believe in your capabilities eventually it will all work out thank you for listening you can now support this production through www.patreon.com/thevulnerablescientist